Hello, and welcome to Two Millennials, One Podcast. I am your host. I guess I'm Mr. Gable in this setting, as this is currently during my prep period at school uh, with my faculty assistant slash co-host, Abby Richmond. Abby Richmond. <laughs> the reason we're podcasting is because it's something to do slash any other day we just sit here and kind of do nothing. So we're going to try to be productive and uh, produce some content. Uh, we believe this first episode is going to be about the current political nature of America and the divisiveness, I suppose. So I guess the beauty of this podcast is you're going to get the adult perspective as well as the current high school perspective. From my perspective, given my lifespan, we are about as divided as a country as we ever have been. Uh, and I think the election of Donald Trump like really separated the two sides. It's, in my opinion, a double-edged sword. I think for the most part, growing up where I did, you don't really see like the blatant racism and whatnot. But I think since Donald Trump emerged as a like a political candidate and actual winner, uh, I think people are like really emerging from the woodwork and like letting their freak flag fly in that sense of just like going full bore racist in a really twisted way. That's a good thing because I think a lot of people thought that was dead, but it's definitely identified more. You know who the racists are. Definitely. They're not in cover anymore. Yeah, they've come out of their hiding. I mean, shoot, like driving around town, you will see, I mean, there's that one van that has a full-sized Confederate flag taped to it. Yep. I feel like a few years ago that wasn't okay, but I now this like white nationalist racist thing is out in the open. So not a great thing for the country, but at least it's known and not just like something you think is not happening. So that's one positive. From a high school standpoint... Are you guys even that political? Well, President Obama was elected when I was in, I was eight. And so I pretty much grew up all with President Obama. And so I wasn't used to like so much divisiveness, but people were definitely blatant about, oh, thanks Obama and blaming everything on him just because he is black or because they don't like him. He's a Democrat, whatever the reason may be, but. It's definitely a lot more obvious now that people have not necessarily political viewpoints, but, like, they listen to what their parents have to say, and they just, like, spit it out. So um, a lot of the liberals, I guess, my age definitely seem to be more educated about what's going on and about politics in general, but definitely the conservative <laughs> people don't really have a lot of background information, a lot of research to back up their claims and so i would say that we are technically political but not necessarily researched sure and that that was the same exact deal with like my upbringing like it's truly you for the most part parrot what your parents say uh what was your political background like what were you brought up in definitely well my mom my mom talks the most about politics my dad doesn't really get into it but she's Definitely a Democrat and has always leaned more towards that. Um, didn't really like George Bush. I knew that growing up. Didn't know why, but sure. knew we didn't like him. Um, and then I started getting more into reading the Times myself so that it wasn't just her opinion being fed into me, but that I was getting some information. And I've tried more as I grow up to not just read one news source, but it's definitely been difficult only having that talked out, talked about at home. But yeah, I grew up in a liberal home. Yeah, I guess I was the exact opposite of that. Um, I had a very evangelical, conservative mother and a very fiscally conservative father. And somehow that produced an anarchist <laughs> when it boils right down to it. But I mean, <clears throat> like that took a lot of education because I was definitely like a, a George Bush supporter because yeah. clearly I wasn't eight uh, when Obama was elected. I was 18. <laughs> uh, so I had 
like your version of Obama was uh, Mike Bush. So like that's who I grew up with. And clearly a lot of people didn't like him. And that was evident. There was a lot of divisiveness then as well. Because like you had your liberal elites in Hollywood all like slamming Bush, you know. So that was very divisive then. But I think now is even worse. Like since I have seen it both ways, like now you have like half the Republicans can't stand Trump or like the government in general and just a lot of breakdown there as well. Yeah, I come from a conservative background and have abandoned almost all of that. Sorry, mom and dad. Was that due to college education or? Uh... It was not. Re- I mean, I stayed pretty conservative all through college. I was like one of the few people that, I mean, shoot, I had a few friends and this is embarrassing, but the night Obama was elected, we had a rave called Nobamatron. <laughs> Uh, and we like it was sad too, like in retrospect, because we thought the tr- the country was really in trouble. Because of all like everyone's telling you like, oh, this guy's a, a Muslim or this guy's a communist, you know. And like as an impressionable eighteen year old or seventeen year old, whenever like when your parents are telling you that stuff, you're like, oh my gosh, that must be true. And I mean that's the same thing today. Uh, it's just like you these people you trust are telling you these things, but it, it really took me becoming a teacher and like just seeing things for what they really were and seeing like more diversity and different backgrounds and realizing that uh just the cut and dry like republicanism and conservatism stands for is a lot of like control they like to preach free government but they will tell you what to do at every step of the way like you can't be gay you can't be transsexual you can't oh, I don't know, give money to poor people if you want to, or like Planned Parenthood thing. Like, that's insane. Like, why would you prevent access to uh, prophylactics and like safe alternatives? Um, Like, just that kind of stuff boggles my mind. And the older I got, I just realized like how hypocritical what modern day conservatism is. So over the course of time, I abandoned that. And I have enough like anti-democratic stuff in my body where like I've yet to ever cast a vote for a Democrat. And I voted like multiple times, obviously. I'm almost to the point where I can live with that. And it's like, I'm just truly fighting how I was, like that's instilled in me. Like there's no reason I can't vote for a Democrat. Like I agree with them for the most part. Yeah. Trump has really pushed me to the left, I guess. I still think I'm like more centrist, but. Uh, I wouldn't even call him right, but. You wouldn't call Trump right? I, I mean, he's not if it boils He's right his own little it. bubble. Yeah, I mean, he's like fascist. Yeah. Is yeah. pretty much where he's going, but. No, I agree with that. As far as your perspective, like, in my view, yeah, Trump is terrible. He's really dividing people. But I think at the same time, like, more people are coming around and realizing how terrible he is for the most Mm. part. Do you see that? Like, do you see that as a student from, like, last year to this year? Because we have some people here that definitely beat the Trump drum. Like, he can say, grab her by the... And I'll bleep that out because that's super inappropriate, but it's hilarious trying to watch them defend that. And like you have that here a lot, but has it, do you feel that's like decreased that kind of like blatant, Definitely. blind defending? Before the election, everyone was just like, Hillary's a liar and all of that. And um, so they were just like trying to get behind Trump as much as they could and and they didn't really have any support. But now that they see that, oh, he actually is going to be this bad, he is going to like tear down certain things that uh, should not be tore down. Um, I think they definitely see that we should probably not stand behind this guy. And even though that we did support him before he got elected, we see how terrible it is ending up now. And so that they don't necessarily know who they would have voted for had they known this was going to happen. 
um, because they still don't support Hillary or any of the other candidates, but they do realize that Trump was a bad choice. In statistics, we're doing our survey project, and those went out the other day, and like one of the groups is asking, do you think Trump will be elected in 2020 or reelected? And it's like, the survey's not done, but it's overwhelmingly no uh, yeah. from a school that probably last year was pretty heavily in favor between him and Hillary. I would say. The struggle last year was not knowing who was joking about it. Like, were you really being serious that you want Trump in office? Because it's serious now. Yeah, because we definitely have him. No, that's fair. That whole phenomenon back then of like his numbers were constantly underreported because because people knew how ridiculous it was, but they were still going to vote for him. And then here we are. Yep. But hopefully a lot of that like uh, has been realized. Like you said, people are coming around and figuring out that this wasn't a good experiment. I don't know. Do you worry for your future as like an 18 or a 17, whatever, a senior in high school right now? Like, is it scary moving forward in this political climate? Oh, definitely. Because people are talking about Kanye running for president and, you know, if, Oprah if, there for a while. If it's Kanye and Donald Trump, you know, we're kind of not in a good position. So I'm hoping some strong, willing person just gets into those elections and decides to just move away from everything that has been happening recently and just make a new path other than the one that we're on. I imagine that would be scary at your age. I mean, presidential politics really don't affect you on like the personal level for the most part at that age or at any age. But at the same time, like things don't feel comfortable. And I mean, that's like North Korea. I know the economy is great right now, but man, it is super high. It's got to come back down at some point. And like, that was my reality when I went to college, like we had the biggest recession since the great depression and like everyone's freaking out and I like can't afford to eat. And like, I lived that dream there for a while. Just no one had any money. Their net worth is gone. Um, yeah, I mean, 10 years later, you could be looking at something similar and you have way more political turbulence than I ever did. Like, yeah, yeah, people hated Obama, but my goodness, he was very chill. Like nothing too crazy ever happened. It's getting pretty crazy. I, I concur. Uh, yeah, I don't envy you uh, heading into that position. Do you think that there is anything non-catastrophic that could bring America like more towards the center or like just able to work together? I know that's a pipe dream, like liberals want to be liberal and conservatives want to be conservative but like the only way to be progressive like in the sense of moving forward like you got to work together and like we are so far apart like any hope from like the late end of the millennials that we're gonna pull this thing together no i think everybody's too proud of themselves to be like oh i agree with the opposite side and i think that we are just too stuck in our ways to completely abandon those and um, move away from that. So I'm hoping that as we grow up, we can realize that it doesn't necessarily matter, Republican or Democrat or any of the sort of labels that we are concerned about. I think that we just need to move away from those and, and figure out what we actually stand for rather than just a term. When you, let's see, 2001, you were born. I was, I was born in 2000. Born in 2000. So you're one year old. I was 11, and obviously they crashed planes into the Twin Towers, 9-11. That was the one time in my 20-some years of living that I've seen, like, America actually as a whole. Like, people responded really firm to that and united and America, like, politics aside. And, like, it was 
kind of cool because like like you said no one talked about republican or democrat right. it was america and like no one talked about race flags everywhere even like the most cynical liberal was like yes let's do this uh, but man that faded really fast and that's why i was asking is there any non-catastrophic thing that can do that and like you said there's probably not that's super depressing i mean unless like trump leads us into a dictatorship and we're like okay, we all need to realize that this is sure, like this a, is it. a revolt, yeah. yeah. That, that could probably get people on the same side. Well, Civil War round two. Yeah, I mean, so, sometimes those thoughts aren't too far off. Like, it depends on how far he wants to push the envelope. But uh, I have a bit of faith in America that we wouldn't let it get that far. But you never know. We did one time. Yeah, it's Civil War, World War Three. Yeah. you know, whichever we're headed towards. Yeah, and yeah, that's, that's, uh, that's telling talking to someone about to enter adulthood and that's like what's on their plate yeah i mean we have a president that's threatening other leaders on twitter and that's yep. that's what we've gotten to talking about nukes just over social media platforms and yeah of that's true like, rough times what what do you think could we could do to eliminate this like echo chamber phenomenon as far as like you're in your boat and i know you probably actively try to diversify yourself, um, but like most people don't. Most people read their Facebook feed and they're friends with yeah. all, like they're, they're conservatives' friends or liberals are friends with liberals and they just are fed. Like people that, like my, my dear mother watches Fox News day in and day out and has no idea what's going on right now. No idea. And like I can't tell her anything because she thinks it's fake news, right. all that stuff. Like how do we fix that? I definitely think... Um having the debates in government class where we get to hear both sides of arguments and we get to hear actual students' opinions on certain subjects like the kneeling for the flag or, or for the national anthem. Um, I think that getting to hear those different sides in a forced and controlled environment is definitely helpful for everyone who isn't necessarily entirely informed on the topic to get to listen to people who are um, with a mediator so that things don't get too heated. So I definitely think that's helpful. Do you think public school does a good job at that? Like, as far as, I don't want to say, like, it's not re-education, but, like, opening up avenues and ideas and, like, eliminating those echo chambers? Or do you think uh, teachers are culpable in that and, like, everyone's kind of in their own corner? And I think that in a lot of classes, teachers just try to avoid politics in general. Um, I would definitely say that, like, this class with you and then my government class are the only two classes that I ever got to experience like good-natured conversations about um, the government and everything that goes with it. So I think that for the most part, teachers just try to teach their subject and stay out of anything that could possibly start fights or um, anything of the sorts. So I, I think that we need to talk about it more. If it's, a, if it's a problem that's affecting students, then it needs to be something talked about with students. No, I agree with that. Yeah, I get the idea of wanting to be safe and not starting issues. But if you go your whole time and don't learn how to have a constructive debate or learn that there are other viewpoints, like we're producing adults that like can't handle that. Yeah. You know, they get on YouTube comments and just scream about Attack how Obama's people. a Muslim terrorist. Yeah. Yeah. And I mean, we also don't really know how to research certain things, don't know how to find credible sources. And so I think that some way to learn how to do that would also be very helpful. That's fair. That like really triggers me as far as failures of the public school system these days. Like we didn't adapt fast enough. 
like when I was going through, like Wikipedia was the devil. Like your parent, like, and there's those memes on the internet, you know, of like, uh, mom and dad told me growing up that not to trust anything on the internet, yet now they are the people that will immediately read something oh, and yeah. be like, see, Obama's a Muslim. Like, Obama was born in Kenya. Like, that phenomenon is also true in the public school system. Like, we didn't adapt. And now there are all of these sources and everything's online and all this fake news or questionable sources and like, yeah, we're sending you out without the ability to determine legitimacy of these things. Yeah. We're doing a giant disservice to democracy. Thanks for pointing that out. That's really concerning. Yeah. Because, I mean, we write papers in English class, and that's the extent of it. And usually it's on things that we don't get to pick the topic. It's about books written hundreds of years ago. And they always want to be safe topics, and you don't want... I mean, I get it from a teaching perspective, too. Like, shoot, if you're talking about abortion or doing all these crazy things, like, parents will get mad. But at the same time, if you're talking about the books written in the 1600s and not doing current events or these controversial things that will come up in life, like, is that research worth it? Is this, is this an experience that's really going to benefit you? Um, are you re- just like going through the motions? Are you truly learning how to distinguish between things that should be true or questionable? Yeah, we need to reevaluate as educators and prepare you guys better. And that's like regardless of political tilt like you can be a raging conservative and you should still be able to like realize when fox news or cnn is like shoving crap into your face and i mean to be fair we get to read books like frederick Douglass and to kill a mockingbird and we get to look at things that um display where people are different from the normal but it's it's us looking at it from a standpoint where uh, it was so long ago it's probably not like that anymore um and so i think that it still doesn't help us at all realize that these are things that are still going on because we're looking at it from a past perspective. Speaking of that, like the To Kill a Mockingbird thing, like how every class reads that. And I mean, I remember reading it in high school. It's a great book. It, it felt very dated, though, like a different yes. world completely. I don't know. Like, clearly those problems aren't gone. Like, we live through that same thing. But every day. is there a better way to convey that to kids that, like, here's the moral of the story and it's still applicable I don't know if there is, but yeah, you're right. Those things seem very distant. Do you think, uh, I wonder this all the time, like clearly I have a different viewpoint of it as a teacher, but as a student, seeing all of this influx of immigration to this area of the Congolese, and we have quite a few extra or additional Hispanic and Asian students coming, uh, is there a pushback at your level of student? There's definitely some very differing opinions on all of the immigrants because I myself was super excited interested to learn like what their culture was like what it was like at home um but then I hear kids in the hallway calling them like racial slurs and talking about how they stink and they can't do anything and so it was shocking to me to hear that these were actual real life people's opinions and like things that they would say out loud so I think there are people that are, are interested in welcoming of the Congolese and the Hispanic um, people coming into our school, but there are also definitely people who like want them out, who don't think they belong here, who think they should stay in their country. And those are things like that actual high schoolers are saying, and sometimes even to to the people directly. And so I, it's it's different. Yeah, that's disappointing to hear. Again, I my viewpoint is so not comprehensive like I deal with the best of the best kids day in and day out and even if they are like blatantly racist they wouldn't unleash that in the class right so my I have a skew on that but that's disappointing to hear that that does happen like I could have 
assumed it did, but you never like to have those things confirmed. Uh, do you think that, let's say you're at an elementary school or a primary school and that immigration's occurring then before, I don't know, how is racism bred into you before like you've been isolated enough as a, a race where you start to like detest or don't trust other races? Do you think that will get better as it comes up? Or do you think like that will become even more hardened in them earlier? It's almost an entirely different subject. Um, oh, 100%. Yeah, we're floating through things here. Um, well, I, I mentored in a kindergarten class, and I had one African-American student um, in the class out of the rest of the kids who were white. And we had to draw pictures of a different, like, friend of the day every day. And so when we got to her, when she was asked what color her skin was, the class wasn't like, it's black, like, she's black, she's different, we don't get to use apricot today. It was just, like, an excited, like, she gets, she's chocolate, we could use a brown crown today. And so I don't think that anyone was, like, she's different. And I think they were all just, like, excited to color a different color. Sure. Um, and so as five-year-olds, I don't think that they were noticing that this girl is different than us. It's, it's just that she is not necessarily an outlier, but... Um, something new to them sure not bad but new well that's good to hear i guess yeah i would like to think that the younger that occurs like the more diversity you have that that would not be such a problem but again i mean it truly boils down to like what your parents are telling you and that type of thing so there's no good way to fix that it's up to the parents it is up to the parent which in some extent is up to like education like, I feel directly responsible for every kid I have. I want to make sure I raise them such that when they're a parent, they don't create a monster of yeah. a child. But, I mean, how much of that can you control? Well, I mean, some kids at school spend more time in your class than they spend with their parents. So yeah, that's you fair. definitely possibly have more influence over them than their parents do. Yeah, there's an impact potential for sure. I don't know. That should not be my job. True. The racism should not come right into <laughs> any kid. That I should not have to fix that. Wow, we started at Trump and ended on racism. Sadly, that's not far of a jump. You're not wrong. <laughs> it's all kind of the same thing these days. How do you think the school that we're in handles the influx of immigration? Do you think we have done a good job? Um, I would say some cases better than others, like the government teacher is really inclusive of them and is... Uh, has a couple of the Congolese kids at church and makes sure that he invites them to like soccer practices and make sure that they get integrated in all of the culture and the things that happen um, in at least Kirksville. And so I think that he's really good in doing that. And then um, I think that other teachers just don't notice it. They don't accept it. So I think that there are, there are good things about it and there are not so good things that people are doing. Yeah, props to the government teacher. We'll have him as a guest some podcast. If this lasts more than one, I would like to have him here. Yeah. I think he could give us some insight on a variety of topics. Definitely. Other topics that may be featured on this particular podcast, uh, basically just the whole host of things that people should never talk about. <laughs> I'm sure there'll be one on religion. Uh, that'd be an interesting conversation. Uh, probably one on what uh, happens when you die, which is almost a religious topic on its own. Uh, high school dances, which is clearly that same level of <laughs> hard-hitting, deep, wondering about just life in general type of topic. Existentialism in high school dances. Yeah. That is the title of episode two. There you go.
What else, Miss Richmond? Anything else political weighing on your mind? National parks are getting torn down. The liberal in you would say that, wouldn't it? Uh, makes me shed a tear. Yeah, I saw that they uh, have cut so much funding from national parks that the national parks are like faced with like maybe raising fees of entry to like 75 bucks and stuff yeah. like that. First of all, they had to make alt sites because <laughs> their original sites got shut down. So that happened quite a while ago. But anyways, so... They're having to raise so much more money to do these things that they shouldn't have to be doing. Like, it's a park. It's a thing that, the like, was already existed on Earth. Sure, it is the Earth. <laughs> and they're having to have money to keep it up and running. Like, it's not some roller coaster that, like, man-made. It's, it's the Earth. And we don't get to experience it because our president is saying that it's not worth it. Yeah, that's rough unfair yeah i'm pretty anti-government but i do like the national parks yeah i mean what if our posterity is not going to get to experience that's anything. true yeah by polar bears by i don't know bears years national monument and did you say b-u-y polar bears b-u-y by bipolar bears oh like b-y-e <laughs> see when you said bipolar bears i was thinking of like a bipolar bear <laughs> With, like, <laughs> emotional and, like, some issues. That's why I was, like, confused. And I thought maybe you said, like, buy a polar bear, like, purchase one. I feel you now. Like, goodbye, polar bears. Yes. Okay. Glad we got that cleared up. That's an interesting topic. What do you feel, at a minimum, the government should provide to yeah. its citizens besides national parks? Uh, road services. Okay. Healthcare. Okay. Healthcare. Okay. <laughs> I don't know. And general protection. From outside enemies, outside forces. Okay. I think for the most part, most Americans would agree with that. Half of them mm. would ditch the healthcare thing. Yeah. But the protection, I think that's why we pay our taxes. Roads, I don't hear most people complain about existing. Uh, you missed a key one. What did I miss? Do you not feel that education is something the government oh, should education. provide? I forget that the government provides education. Indeed. I agree. Education, defense, national parks. Healthcare I'm fine with. That took me a while. I wrote a blistering letter to that the editor. That took you a while? Yeah. In Ot 8, I wrote a letter to the editor for the Truman Index yes. about how terrible Obamacare was. I know, that probably kills you. Oh the my. bleeding heart liberal you are, you probably <laughs> just died a little inside. Yeah, uh, I had professors coming up to me telling me how like awesome that was, uh, which tells you that we are definitely in Missouri oh. if the professor's at a liberal arts university are like yes rock on buddy uh i had a renowned like leftist of kirksville i don't know if you know this guy uh he like writes a letter to the editor every day he wrote one and compared me to joseph goebbels the propaganda manager <laughs> or uh, a, a propaganda guy for the nazi party of germany that uh i knew i was like really getting on people's nerves at that point but yeah, I've come around. Healthcare should be provided. Uh, I mean, so what if I have to pay a little extra for a kid who has cancer? And that's the thing is like once you actually examine it, we pay so much money out of taxes for people that don't have insurance. Just provide it. Like why even work around that? Just have the insurance. What else? Hmm. A liberal. You've got to have a bigger list than that. I don't know. I just think the government should support us in general. I mean, that's what they're here for. Um, I don't know. I can't think of anything else. 
trash. Like trash collection? Yes. Government doesn't pay for that. Why not? Who pays for that? You pay for that. Well, yeah. When you own a home and have to pay your water bill, you pay for trash. What about water? What about internet? That's a good thing that everyone debates now. Do you think internet should be more like a a right? Is it that essential to humanity at this point that that should be provided? Yeah. I mean, if you don't have internet at home as a student, like, you're screwed. You you can't write papers. You can't turn them in on time. You don't get research. You can't look up Khan Academy videos when you're struggling with math. Like, you don't get that extra leg up that you need. So if internet isn't provided to all students, like... They're already behind. Do you think it's enough to say that, okay, they have access to it at school? Or do you think it should really be provided at home? Like, say a parent could not afford internet. They are able to apply for some voucher or something that gets them internet so their student can have access. Oh, yeah, like a little student permit for the internet. I think that would be nice because, like, I don't know, the library's open till 4. I don't even know. 4 p.m.? Here. Oh, in the school, you're saying? Yeah. Does the public library have open Wi-Fi? Don't know. Hmm. Shows everyone how often we go to the library and I read. I think I've been to the public library since I was like nine. Mm. Yeah. I only go there to vote, so I don't check the Wi-Fi status while I'm there. So, like, it doesn't give you very much of an opportunity. You have to get to school really early or set up a plan to get home to True. stay late. And, and if so. you can't afford internet at your house, chances are transportation and some other things are going also, to be a problem as yeah. well. No, that's fair. Some people might claim, like, housing for veterans, like, come home and yeah. are disabled. And that's something that the uh, the right would usually declare as something tax, taxes should pay for. Yeah. Not even from a liberal standpoint, from yeah. a very conservative standpoint. I think universally people agree on that. Because the right is all for the troops. They are. And that will extend not to... Not that I'm not, but... <laughs> <laughs> no, for sure, for sure. But they can get on board with government spending towards yeah. that. Which is fair. If you're going to go fight on behalf of the country, you should be entitled should, to yeah. a place to live. Don't we pay for prisoners' meals? Uh, yeah, we do. We spend a lot of money yeah, on Yeah, I don't know how I feel about that one. Uh, so just a prison in general, do you feel that we incarcerate too many people? Yes. <laughs> what, what can we do to fix that? Uh, making certain petty crimes not... Punishable by jail. (laughs) So maybe we should focus as a country more on rehabilitation versus incarceration, which is supposed to be what jail does or prison does. murderers should be rehabilitated. That's fair. But But yeah, you have to feed those people. Hmm. Maybe they should become like vegans and they should have to grow all their own food. That would be an interesting prison reform. Of making it like a self-sustained yeah. prison where they do the farming and the labor to yes. like keep themselves fed. Yeah. That's interesting. Oh boy, it is 2.42, which means sc- school's almost over. We just rambled for 40 some minutes about like started with Donald Trump, ended with the viability of prisons. <laughs> what a great start to this podcast. Uh, give me a song pick of the week. Ooh, uh... That's tough, right? I should have prompted you on that one. Bob Marley. I don't know who it's by, though. It's a song called Bob Marley. It is. And it's not by Bob Marley. It is not. Hmm. I was singing it earlier. What's your song pick? Uh, That Cocaine Jesus song by uh, Kitten Riot Surprise. That sounds like that would be terrible, but that is a jam. Got it. It's by Grizz Folk. Grizz Folk. Yeah. That sounds perfect. (laughs) I'll have to check that out. Bob Marley by Grizz Folk. All right, we're going to wrap this up. Thanks for checking out the uh, first episode of Two Millennials, One Podcast. I can only promise that future episodes will, by default, be better. Because we can only go up from here. We can only go up from here.